This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. Place four dollars bet basketball bets regardless of the outcome, and you'll get a $50 free bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And PropSwap, it's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And StableDuel, it's a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes and you can win as much as 25k with one entry head over to stableduel.com and get started today and of course do not forget to go download the sgpn app your home for all of our free picks and podcasts all right djs welcome back to the tpc dfs and outright betting show it's your boy boston Kaffer with the god of golf himself and special guest jeff nagel What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How are you, bud? I'm good. I just, uh, yeah, I am. I'm sorry. I was looking at odds. Uh, yeah, it's great to be with you guys. You guys have been killing it lately. I heard uh, <laughs> you had Andy Lack on lately. You had uh, Joe Idoni. Yeah. And you got my dumb ass. So that's, that's I, right. That's <laughs> well, you're reserved for you know the crown jewel and all the majors. So, of course, we had to reserve the spot for you to come on this week. I so. appreciate it. Yeah, a, of course. It's, so it's been a while since we've done a show. It, it, it has, it. actually. Yeah, I, since when was the last I, show we did? Was it the fucking was the, it the show? Right? Yeah, yeah, it was when I uh, the FedEx Cup. Yeah, when I got it, we got an argument about the uh, staggers or whether it's yeah. good or not. Oh, love the tour championship. And then you called Great. me a fuck. You called me a fucking psychopath for going back all the way to 2007, seeing what would have happened. Because <laughs> that's a psychopath move, Steve. The, no what? one, no, no one, no one doesn't think he is correct in calling you a psychopath about that. Listen, I, I leave no rock unturned. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to go through. Yeah, I, I got a go question. Back. I got to ask her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, no I so before we get Jesus yeah, before we get into it, I got a question. I got to ask Jeff here. Okay. So I've been listening to you for the past like six or seven months or so, and I've heard some comments you made about a certain golfer that you tend to like. So I just want to know, like, how are things with you and the Shoffley family? You guys okay? You guys cool? Like, things all right? What's going on there? Okay. I don't know what impressions you've you've gotten. Listen, I'm a little. I was a little sour. I, okay, I saw this coming, and it was. Oh, it was. I was not happy about it. Like I saw this coming back in July when he won the gold medal. I I talked to Andy Lack about it, and I said, "Yeah, it's good." He kind of got got over the hump. It got a little dicey towards the end, and he closed it out. And yeah, that's good. But if he goes like the Justin Rose route with this gold medal, acting like this is some sort of an accomplishment, that's going to suck. So I've been kind of bitter since he won that gold medal. And now he sees he, he went back to Japan for the Zozo, probably got some appearance thing there. And he got the, uh, went to Saudi Arabia and it just, he's just not doing what you know, you like when you root for a team and they draft a running back second overall. Like, <laughs> that sucks. Like, what are you doing? And you know it sucks, and but it's still your team. So yeah, yeah, yeah there's my guy. Yeah, but it's uh, I'm in a I'm in a state of mind now where it's like I'm just trying to figure out how I can get him to win the Masters, and okay. that makes everything better. And it's kind of it's kind of going that way. Oh, like, is I, it? We're still on. We're still. We're still. I think we're still on track. 
What, when, what, 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 what track? How is, how is he on track to win the Masters? I'm just curious. Because he's kind of under the radar right now. Like, yeah, he's doing okay, he's but like, like he's, yeah, he's not, he's not a flavor of the week. You know, you're going to have yeah. more people betting, uh, like a Will Zalatoris yeah. or maybe even Scotty Scheffler now at the Masters. Like, Xander's gotten like zero attention. Right. And he's, I mean, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. He finished, uh, third at, uh, he almost got in the playoff at the freaking Phoenix. Yeah. He finished 13th at Riviera. That's fine. That was his fourth week in a row, including a trip to Saudi Arabia. So yeah, he might have been a little, little gassed. It's fine. If he does nothing this week and he goes out early at the match play and just comes into Augusta totally under the radar, just like he did in 2019. But yeah, maybe he'll have a, he'll have his chance. Anyways, that's 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 all, all I've been thinking about since July. It's like, all right, well, how can I? Only thing that matters is the majors. So, what do we need to happen? And you know, I'm glad he didn't win Riviera or Torrey or Phoenix because then, yeah, he wouldn't be under the radar. So, I'm I'm still holding out hope. All now, right. if he wins this week, like, yeah, I'm fucked. And then it's like a total Ricky Fowler path. Gold medal, <laughs> you know. I don't oh, want that. Oh my I god! I don't want that. Xander so, turning into I'm Ricky more, Fowler. I'm just, I'm just you ask me how I'm doing. Like I'm just a little nervous as a fan because I is, just I want more. I want Jeff, more. That is going to be in the social tagline. Nagel's bagel says Xander is turning into Ricky Fowler. I just want to let you know that's going to be the tag on the show. <laughs> but there are certain golfers that. Winning the players is like their best accomplishment. Yeah, it's a great accomplishment to win the players. Yeah, it's a fine. It's a fine accomplishment. Yes, but I don't want that for. I don't want to be. You don't want that for your baby boy. You need a, You need a major for your baby. I boy. want to be a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> I'm not right. content that I'm losing in the NFC Championship game. I want. I want to be next level. So you want to be. You want him to be Brady and not Aaron Rodgers, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want him to be Matt Kuchar then, right? Ooh, or Ricky Fowler. That's the only reason I, I said Ricky is because, like, that was his peak. Yeah, say, yeah, that's the same as for Kuchar, yeah. Um, but, all right, listen, I just wanted to make sure things are so cool with you guys. You know, I mean, I'm, considering I'm, you I'm, weren't very happy about the Saudi comments, you I'm, got on Andy Lack's podcast and were complaining about how pop you were. Like, it was some garage band that suddenly got a pop hit and was on all the top 40 stations now. I just want to make sure that, you know, things are okay with your boy. And by the way, I agree with you. I think kind of things are trending for, in a good direction for Xander. I think, like, a miscut or, like, a T50 this week and, like, an early for the match play, maybe that will set up some good things for the Masters where he's, you know, under the radar. So, yeah. You know, we'll see. So root for him to fail this week, all right? That's what I do every week, Steve. That's what I do. I know, I know it is. So, all right. So, you know, typically this is where we would ask our guests, like, you know, like, where are some of the things that, like, you know, he's looking at? But Jeff asked a lot of, or you asked a lot of really good questions. You push back on a lot of stuff that you hear, and like, you know, as you consume stuff through the week before you make your picks on Wednesday. So, Wednesday. So. What's on your mind right now? Like, what are some things you want to ask? You know, like, what are some things that you've heard that maybe you want to push back on us on or get clarification? I don't know. Like, what's on your mind, you know, for the players before uh, we get into it? All right. A couple of things. All right. Uh, all right. No particular order. Are you guys going to just ignore some of the carnage from the weekend at Bay Hill? Yes. When you're looking at it, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, 
I mean, look, it's it's in my stats that I look at, but I'm not going to say, oh, we played great at Bay Hill or we sucked at Bay Hill. Like, it's that was circus golf last week. So, like, good shots weren't rewarded. It was just kind of a luck box situation. Like, how many balls got plugged in the bunker, too, that we yeah. saw there, too? Like, it's just, yeah. there's nothing you really do. So, well, sure. Like, yeah, like, it's in their T degree numbers. It's not like something I'm really going to, like, either punish a guy or reward a guy for. Okay. Well, I, I'm just curious if people are going to do that or not. It's like, oh, this guy, he was, he was terrible on the weekend. He sucks now. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure. Okay. Uh, I heard you talking about this. I also heard Andy Lack talking about it, and it's kind of different. So is this going to be like a piece of shit wedge contest? Or is it, uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did like, there. How relevant? I heard you say that you're kind of throwing – I think you said you were throwing out specific, uh, specific yardages. Yeah. But if this is going to be a – a wedge fest. I want to know what. I guess they a lot of a lot of other tournaments are wedge fests. But this is but, this isn't going to be a wedge fest. Like yeah, just, I, like different. This is a test of the bag. Like you got to use like almost every club in your bag at this place. It's not going to be a wedge fest. Yeah, like I, like so the shot distribution shot or chart I saw on Data Golf didn't really emphasize a lot of like shots under 125 yards, at least the last couple of years. It's a lot of more between like 125, 175 and over 225. The problem is like there's not really a heavy concentration on any particular range. So, and I am one to kind of think that, you know, the only thing at our disposal to look at this stuff is proximity stats and like those are kind of junk. So I'm not really looking at any particular range this week. I'm kind of just going like, I, I think a big thing for me is because of how this golf course is year to year. And with the weather kind of just going more feels this week. Like I'm not really trying to overcomplicate things. And like, sometimes I come to the show where I'm like, all right, I'll pick like a tournament from this place and this place. And some of those guys I have some things for, but it's overall like, I think this is going to be just a weird, funky car crash week as far as, like, the golf course is going to play differently every day because of the weather. The wind is going to be in different directions every single day. Are we going to get rain? Are we not? Are they going to turn on the sub-air system? Are they not? Are they going to play lift, clean, in place? Are they not? There's a lot of things that we just don't really know right now that I think I'm just going to kind of try and prepare and take guys who I think can handle a lot of different situations in one particular weekend that are just tough golfers. That's that's kind of what I'm going for. All right. Now I got to text Andy Lack and ask him why he thinks it's going to be a piece of shit wedge contest. Um, I don't think he said I don't think he said that. No, I don't I don't think he said that. But no, but he he was talking about wedges, which made me think, Okay, well, then I'm definitely not going to play that guy. And I just want clarification. It's all about clarification. I got you. What you got next? What you got next? I got two things. Two more things. All right. Steve. If I'm looking at, at like, uh, I'm trying to find some comp courses. Right? I'm a big comp course guy. I like to talk to you about greens and agronomy and that type of thing. But now I have a Pete Dye golf course. So should I, do you think I should put more emphasis or pay more attention to golf courses with similar green types and maybe look at that angle? Or should I focus on the Pete Dye types and look at like heritage and Wyndham and that type of bullshit. Yeah, I know. Well, well, I mean, I think for concourses, I've more looked at just places where 
like it was pretty penal. So like that was a lot of different places. Like, you know, you got some Jack Nicholas golf courses on there. You got some um, Arnold Palmer ones on there. You got some other die courses on there too. Uh, just the general concept. I thought of just like the importance of just keeping the ball in play, keeping it consistent positional golf wasn't necessarily more Pete Dye specific. I mean, really, if you only want to take Pete Dye specific, you really only have TBC River Highlands and PJ West in your disposal. He was a bigger ballpark. It's a lot more mm-hmm. driver heavy in this place. Same, same thing whistling straights. Those aren't really good comps. So just more conceptually, just like if there's a lot of water, a lot of hazards, a lot of like areas where you just got to miss on the right side. Like I've picked out some golf courses there, but as far as the greens, I only looked at it just from, yeah, I do have in a putting, like an overseed putting metric that I looked at. So a place I looked at for that, yeah, TBC Scottsdale, which actually the superintendent of this golf course uh, used to work there. So similar agronomy there. Uh, PGA West, obviously, they overseed all their uh their greens there. Uh, it's also almost, it's like a cheap replica of, uh, TBC Sawgrass too. So that works. Uh, TBC San Antonio, which you've used in the past to pretty good success. Yes. Uh, those are overseeded greens as well. Innisbrook, uh, those typically are overseeded greens when <clears throat> it's in the, it's in, uh, March. Last year though, it was mostly Bermuda. So you might want to throw that out, but it's hard to, if you're just looking at overall, like a data, it's, it's in there. So it's, it's difficult to just place it out. And then, you know, not many people know this, but Heritage actually in April oversees their greens. It's a poet trivialis mix too. And that's also Pete Dye. So I think Heritage is actually a great comp for this week. You kind of see some guys who, you know, you typically wouldn't think would be good in these all-star events, but you know, they're pretty good here and they're pretty good at Heritage. So I think well, if you're just looking for putting, I think if you look at those five places, you're doing okay. So that's a lot. That's a lot of looking. What, yes. what was the thing with Heritage though with the, during the COVID shutdown, I think when Webb won, that it was it was different that year than normal. Yeah, so similar to what I just said with Valspar, where it was later in the year, it was mostly Bermuda. That was all Bermuda. So throw that one out too. Okay. But everything else, anytime it's the week after the ma- the Masters, uh, it's got some overseeded greens. Okay, well that's that's yeah, uh, so it's fair. it's most it's most of their history. All right, well that's all I have on my list except for the weather. And my question is. That in they played, they've only had what they've had three, uh, three in March years yeah. in March. Yeah, and so one that, and one was cut cut short. One, yeah, that's yeah. What was one round? Two, two years in March. Yes, that's what I meant. So in nineteen, when Rory won, it was kind of cold and it was uh, that was a lot softer than it was when JT won, right? Cause I remember JT last year. It was it was a little. A little firmer and faster than normal. Yeah, so so the fairways were still pretty soft, but the greens were a lot firmer last year. Uh, although some greens were a little softer, some greens were a little firmer. It seemed like the guys were complaining about inconsistency no with the greens. Like I know seventeen oh, yeah. was just rock yeah. hard. They were bounding off. Yeah, but, but I think because like, they just redid like, it. It's because they just redid that. Well, I think like thirteen was like a little softer, but. Yeah, I mean, last year the greens were definitely firmer. The fairways still run a little softer because they got to put so much water down to get the overseed done. So, um, and you know, I mean, I, I think while they do have sub air underneath all the greens, if it's raining during the tournament and during play, it's not a force field. There's still going to be water, at least on the surface. And sub air only does so much. I found quotes from a guy from East Lake. He's the director of agronomy. He says sub air only does so much. You really just need rain and wind in order to completely dry them out. Like, and you can go back and look at masters where it rained during the tournament. And sure, it still played 
you know, the greens are pretty firm, but any little bit of moisture and rain that you can get into those greens is going to help. Like you see some of these guys hit approach shots when it's raining at the Masters, takes that one hop and it kind of stops, doesn't keep going to the hole. Guys are having kind of trouble getting to the pin. I think that's going to help some guys this, this week too if there's a little bit of rain, you know, even though they have the suburb, you know, cranking, you know, this week. So yeah, and the way uh, it ra- and the way it rains here, it's not. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a they turn the shower on for 45 minutes and then it goes away. For the yeah. most part. Yeah, I mean, Subair just, it makes it playable. It, yeah. take, it takes the puddles off the surface, but it's still going to be, there's still going to be some wet spots, still going to be some spongy patches. Like, it's not going to just make it completely dry. It's yeah. That's not how we're, you, you need still natural elements in order to completely bake it out, which we're going to get probably over the weekend. So that's what I mean, where I think the greens are going to be very different at the start of this tournament to what they will be at the end. Yeah, I mean, it spiked up to like fucking 88 today and now it's down to like 50 tonight. So yeah. it's just, it's just doing its fucking weird rotational thing. And it, and it was overcast in the afternoon. So it dropped it down to like in the seventies. The weather's all over the place right now, right now. Okay. All right. Jeff, you got anything else? No, I'm totally screwed now. I've got like <laughs> too much. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't have anything else. All right. Why don't we take a break and we'll start breaking this down. All right. Well, uh, Jeff tries to get his shit together. Right now is the perfect time to bet on basketball, and WinBet is helping you cash. The basketball parlay bonus all users can receive a $10 free bet when they win, lose, or push a $20 plus four-leg parlay basketball on basketball between Monday and Thursday. And they got a weekend bonus play. All users can receive a $50 free pay when they bet, win, and when they bet, win, lose, or push four $50 tickets. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday basketball games. Weekend bonus play can be used toward all upcoming college b- basketball action and as well as the NBA. And for you new win bet casino customers, they're now offering a 100% first deposit match up to a G. That's right, a 100% deposit match up to a G. The offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. All right. Let's start breaking this down. Uh, Jeff, since you are a very special guest, uh, why don't you tell us one guy above $10,000 you really like and one guy you're fading? All right. Very special guest. I think. <laughs> all right. So I was looking at the last just the last two years with the with the uh, the March, the March date. And there is if you just look at the top 10 top 15, whatever, names on the leaderboard. There is a plethora of guys. Do you even know what a plethora means, El Guapo? I do. (laughs) There are many players that you would say, oh, that's a good iron player. Oh, he's a good iron player. That's what what these guys are known for. You know, Corey Connors with a seventh-place finish and a Hideki T8. And, you know, my boy Tommy Fleet with T5. You know, there's there's a lot of them. So as much and I haven't looked at ownership and this is all subject to all subject to change, but I mean how can I not if that's what I'm looking at and that's what I see, how can I not play Colin Morikawa? How how is he not gonna be he's a he's the best tire player out of all those guys? And I don't see I don't see a way around it. If if that's my if that's what I'm going with if I'm just gonna go with these great iron players that are all you know peppering the top of this leaderboard then yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'll just start with Colin Morikawa there's okay. a lot of uh, 
I've already heard it. You asked me about bullshit narratives. I've already heard about how John Rahm is kind of like drifting and he's kind of oh. with everybody else now and how disrespectful that is to the greatest player of all time. <laughs> so it's like, no, you know what? Colin Markow is, he's, he's like right there. Okay. And this could be a, a re- the guy's already won two majors and a WGC and yet somehow this would be some kind of stamp to all the, the fucking people that keep insisting that John Rahm is the best player in the world. So from like a personal standpoint, my God, it'd be great. Colin could just fucking dunk on everybody again. So I like him. In terms of fading, I want to fade Rory, but I don't know what the weather's going to do. If, if they're going to water the shit out of this golf course and it's going to get rain and it's going to be a lot softer than it was last year, then yeah, okay. He's Rory McIlroy. He's great. But if he's, and, and I talked to Andy Lack, and he t- talks to me more about wedges. That I don't want Rory if it's going to be a piece of shit wedge contest. So I, I'm, there's too many narratives. Yeah. And you Justin Thomas and you Victor Hovland can't play in Florida except for the four times he's finished in the top five. <laughs> you know, that and then what if the Rom drift thing is real? Ah. I always get that wrong. I played John Rom last week. I was all in on him. I'm yeah. always a week early. So I'm, I got more narratives here. I'm sorry I went through the whole thing, but no, that's fine. This is what, what I'm you for, battling with. These are ah. the decisions that I have to make going into Wednesday, and but probably going to start with Colin. Probably right. going to fade Rory. Right. That's okay. That's what I'm thinking. Let, right. let me ask you an important question, Jeff. Yes, sir. Do you believe in curses? Yeah, I you do. You should rethink Colin Morikawa then. Yes. He's sobled. Oh, really? <laughs> well, let me ask another question. Because as you talk about narratives, I remember something you've been saying for a while about Colin Morikawa. And I'm I want to ask you, is this is still your stance. So does Colin Morikawa still have a problem at Pete Dye golf courses? Okay. That is a very popular take. I've always contended. From the second <laughs> I said that for the first time, I said it might be a thing. It might not be a thing. Let's just... Walking that fence, I'm huh? not taking a stance. Walking that fence. That way you're right either way. It doesn't make sense, Capper. He's the best <laughs> iron player in like 20 years. It doesn't make sense that he hasn't had a good success record on Pete Dye golf course. It I agree. Well, let, let, let me correct you. Since he can use his driver as a weapon. Like, okay, well, he, let he me, can take his driver out and use it here. Okay, well, he was pretty good at Harbortown last year. And I know that we're not using Kiowa, but what is he, top 10 there too? So I I think he's fine. I'm I, not dying. I'm not dying on that hill. I know it's I know. Oh, it was preposterous when I said. But the second I said it, I said, you know, not for nothing. I don't know if this is true, but <laughs> as of now, this is a thing. And then, yeah, then he, yeah, he finished I think second yeah. at the uh, Heritage. He was great for three days, and then I think he had a bad Sunday or something. Yeah, he probably. I, like I don't want to die on that hill. I don't want Colin Morikawa to stink anywhere. I want him okay. to play. And I don't know if it was you guys or maybe it was uh maybe it was uh Andy, but it was that when he when he gains when whenever he has a positive putting week, Regressive. usually it does it doesn't carry over. That was, that was that was that was Andy. That was Andy. Yeah, yeah, so there might be that. But I was just saying strictly from a iron standpoint. Okay. That's where I would go. I might not play any of these guys, to be quite honest with you. I'm yeah. not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. No. 
All right. Capper, what about you? I'm going Rob, man. Like, he is a golfer who clearly plays well in tough conditions. He backed on another top 10. He did. He back, well, well, no, back, back to another top 20. Like, whatever. His putter is. Congratulations. Just, yeah, whatever, dude. I want to bless squeak by on a couple bets with that one. Um, as far as the outright betting market goes, it's so weird to see him at 14 to 1. I'd like to see him drift a little more. I don't think he will. But he's a guy who has good history here. Um, I think he plays well in tough weather conditions. He just can't fucking putt. And people win this tournament not being able to putt. JT last year. JT sucks at putting and he got hot on the back nine and started making everything. Um, I'm fine. I, I like. I'm fine with Rom. Like, uh, I think, I think he can pay off. Um, it was. It just depends on the weather conditions. I don't mind going back to JT either. Um, even if it's bad weather, if you were getting lift clean in place, which you know we'll get with these fucking babies, we'll get lift clean in place, and then that means they can still attack. Um, and as far as my fade, I'm gonna fade. <laughs> so it's funny. Even before I found out he was solo, I was looking at fading Morikawa, but I won't take that now. Um, I, I'll fade Rory. Um, I feel like he's gonna be drained from last week. Like, that was a grind for him. Back-to-back 76s. Um, if the weather plays tough, I, I, he's from Northern Ireland, but still can't play in the wind somehow. Not quite sure how that works. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's going to be just ground down. I mean, that seemed like such a slog for those guys, man. And to go from first-round leader to fucking just back-to-back 76s, I can't imagine he's in a good mental state. So, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, pass on Rory. Okay. All right. So... I think I share the opinion of our guest, our very special guest, by the very way, special. that I'm kind of uninspired by this range, too. And I don't see the winner coming out of this group, so I probably won't start with them DraftKings. But we do a show, and some of you might. So let's go with that. So I, I guess it comes down for me is, like I said, this kind of a feels week for me. And a lot of this has to do with kind of the weather. And... I don't trust Rory in unpredictable day-to-day changing conditions. So he's out. I don't trust JT at all in those types of conditions. I've seen it multiple times. I've been burned multiple times when stuff happens, when stuff changes day-to-day or hour-to-hour, as we saw last year at the Masters. Not him. Uh, I think last week, um, Victor Hoblin, even though he technically gained strokes around the green, I think just that golf course was set up where it was a complete luck box. Anytime you're off the green, it really depended on your lie depending on how well it's in the bunker that I think this week will expose somebody like that. <clears throat> Cause I think it's with the conditions. I think it's going to come out of how well you hit your irons, how well you scramble around getting up and down, getting pars in. And I, I don't really trust him after last week. So, and I have a lot of respect for Morikawa, but the curse is real. So he's out too. So, so that leaves me. So that leaves me with John Rom, who just seems like, I would say, I don't like John Rom all that much. Like, but it seems like you put him in any sort of situation, easy conditions, hard conditions. He just ends up coming between like T8 and T30, and then everybody thinks he's, you know, the greatest thing ever. So listen, I don't love this range. If I'm picking one guy, it's probably him because I feel like I can at least predict in any sort of day, you know, day-to-day changes, he's probably going to be about the same. So that's my play. But, again, I'm not really all as enthusiastic about it. And then my fate is JT. I've seen way too many times – when you get him into conditions where it's either wind or rain or cold, like, I just, I don't trust him. We saw it last year, too. Like, the first two days were really windy, and he, I think he made the cut, he cleared the cut line by, I think, two. And then on the weekend, once it calmed down, that's when he took off. 
So, and this is kind of a volatile event where sometimes you do really well one year, sometimes you don't. I don't, I, I think JT's going to get tripped up the first two days just with the rain and just with mud balls. And he's going to be complaining, like, you know, just have that hang dog attitude. I'm out on him this week. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Nike oh, Rage. Yeah, Nike Rage. Capper, why don't you, uh, kick it off? So I expected him to be chalkier, but Cam Smith, local cat. This is down here in Ponte Vedra. Uh, I think he's a stud. Like, I, I've been on record with that, like, prior. Like, I just think this guy is a stud. He's great at scrambling. He can putt. Um, when he clubs down, he's still super accurate. And his driver, I mean, he's gotten longer uh, and more accurate with that as well. Um, and I, I legitimately thought he might be one of the higher owned players. Where's the, where's the most, where's the most up to date shit? So, I mean, he's, he's around still, like 10%. Yeah. He's only around like 10% in the, in the 9K range. Like, yeah, I love, I love Cam Smith in this. Like, I, I feel like this is his type of event, especially if it's windy and shitty conditions. If it's windier, more than shitty conditions, right? Obviously, the Australian narrative with that. Um, uh, he's a good bunker player. Bunkers all over the goddamn place on this course. Um, so yeah, I, I love Cam Smith this week, especially like I, I legitimately thought he'd be pushing like twenty percent. And so when I opened it up earlier today and he was at ten, I was excited and I will absolutely be playing Cam Smith. Uh, my fade, I'm gonna fade Cantlay. Um, so I'm gonna ask you guys because it doesn't seem like he plays Florida much. No, right? And so I feel like it's kind of like. Why Brooks doesn't like Cali because when he was coming up, he was playing overseas and, and, and doing that. And he never like really liked to play the Cali swing because of the POA and all that other shit. It might be the same thing for Cantlay. When he does play here, his history isn't that great. He's 9,900. He's going to be the most owned player in this. So for me, um, it's an easy pivot off the, the highest owned guy here who doesn't. Florida golf is so fucking different as somebody who plays down here. Like the, the carnage is real. There's water in play at all times. It's just a stressful fucking 18. Like, and I know Cantley's a fucking robot, but he doesn't like playing here for a reason. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to fade, I'm going to fade the highest price and most owns in the 9k range with Patrick Cantley. Okay. All right. I mean, I like this range a hell of a lot better in the 10k range. Like honestly, yeah, I can make a case for anyone in this range. So it's tough for me to pick one favor and one fade. So I guess for my favorite, I think I'm just going to go back with Hideki. I'm worried I was one week too early on him. I think, you know, Capper, you made a good point. I kind of blew through it last week that his course history at Bay Hill was a little fraudulent. Yeah. So, and you were right, but here it's much stronger just overall. I, and like, I, I think the biggest reason why I like Hideki is I feel like with him, Again, with changing conditions day to day, I feel like he's very adaptable because he's such a good iron player. He grinds out pars. He's really good around the greens. You know, we talk about how this is similar agronomy with TPC Scottsdale, especially on the greens. Well, he's got two wins there. He's got a lot of success there. I feel like he can putt a little better on this the surface this week. So I just like him. I just I trust him that I think he's going to be in the mix and can handle a lot of adversity that might come with whatever comes down the pipe. And I guess my fate is DJ, although I can even make a case for him as like a contrarian pivot because it is going to be crappy weather. And I've seen DJ be a really good mutter before. And if that's kind of what I'm targeting this week, that would be great play. Maybe I'm talking into him right now, but I think just overall his plays is kind of been uninspired. This, what, for whatever reason, like I know I'm not big on the course history, but like either before they did the overseed in March or even when they were playing in May, like it just seems like he hasn't really figured this place out. I'm kind of picking nits here. Um, so I guess DJ is my fade. So, all right, Jeff, 
What do you like in the strange? One guy you like, one guy you're fan. Has made some really good points. You know, I I'm with you in this range. I think that I like Hideki the best. Again, I I don't want to get too hung up on it with the whole iron player thing, but listen, I fucking love Hideki, and I love <laughs> yeah, man, and like. If I just look at the guys in this range, like, yeah, they're all really good players, but Hideki, that's his elite skill set. I think he might be the best of all the guys in the 9,000s in just for that. But, yeah, you guys are talking about the weather and mucking it up and everything else. And, like, I would I would fade Cam Smith in that if, if it was perfect conditions. But, yeah, if it's going to be windy and shit, like, that's going to be tough to fade him. But that also, but the well, same thing with Jordan Spieth. I was like, oh, I'd probably fake Spieth there. It doesn't have the good history. If there's any guy in this range who may not know where the ball's going right now, it'd be Jordan Spieth, and you don't want that on this golf course. Yeah, but if it's if, if it's all mucked up, and then it, it could be just the opposite. It might bring him into play. So I'm gonna say Hideki, but. As my the guy I like, uh, probably my fate is just going to be Spieth because, but bad course history, yeah, he's got bad course history too. So that's uh, the, that's probably where I'm going, and we're going to have to talk about DJ a little bit later because, yeah. I mean, he's like forty to one. Forty to one. It so doesn't make sense. It's so crazy. And, I mean, and how many like how many guys are going to drift that, re- and, and, and we're going to make reference to JT and how his number drifted last year, and everybody yeah. can't on that. Yeah. His You're right. Too low, and when, when Brooks' number is too low at the uh, at waste management, like that yeah. DJ's number is that too low? Too it's, it's 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 fucking insanely low. It doesn't and make I, so. Yeah, but only one person wins, and everybody you go up picking twelve players. <laughs> like what is going on? Yeah. How and why? Because he missed the cut at Riviera. Because he hasn't been good in a minute, Jeff. He has not been good in a minute, and like we, so we talked about this as far as uh, obviously he can turn it on or whatever. But you know, we were all thinking that like Bryson would be the one who fucks up with the with the green books not being there. But it seems like DJ has been negatively affected by not having his greens book. Right? It, it always looks like him and his brother like take fucking nine years over every pot, right? But I don't know, like. It, I don't know. It just yeah, that's like, actually a good point. They were talking on, I think, PG Tour Live. So DJ is a field putter, but his brother was always in the greens rating book. And apparently DJ said that his brother is not really great at math and oh not God. the sharpest tool to draw to. So if he does have his greens rating book, I yeah, don't know. Maybe back. that's a thing. There's no greening books, green reading books at, at the Masters, and he putts just fine there. That's a great point. Fine. Yeah, great. Great, great point. point. Okay. So, okay. no, I mean, listen, I, I, I get that. Too. Like, I, I, I kind of made a case for DJ, and I think the number is low too. I can even probably make a case for Xander. I know his course history; he got the second year, but other than that, it's bad, and he doesn't really do well in Florida. But it kind of feels like this week it's not really Florida golf, guys. It's been cold, windy, rainy, like not this typical hot, humid. Like Florida, I think we're getting this week. We'll say this about Xander that I don't think a lot of people are going to either know or remember. Not that I'm special in this regard, Mm -hmm. but he was not, he he was not, he almost withdrew from the players last year. He did not, he ended up missing the cut. He got off to a bad start and, but they did, they were tracking him. They were filming him because they, they did this thing for, uh, 
for Torrey Pines last year, like the lead up to the U.S. Open. And the, all the footage they had at the players was him getting off to this bad start, and he was feeling dizzy, and he almost withdrew, but he tried to fight through it. And oh, yeah. it ended up going bad. I'm just saying, that was last year. Uh, the year before that, he was playing great golf leading up into the players, and he missed the cut, uh, 2019. So, yeah, yeah, he never really does play well in Florida. But, yeah, he could be an under-the-radar guy. I'm probably just going to bet him outright and just have well, some fun. That's, well, I mean, that's what I do with DJ. Third and 13th in his last two starts. It's not like he's lost. <laughs> No, he's not. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do with DJ. Like, I don't want to put him in my DK lineup, but fucking 40 to 1. Like, I saw this one, and I was like, how the fuck do I not bet this? Well, I mean, like, I, I know we th- that COVID year kind of gets lost in the sands of time, but he started off pretty good, at least in that tournament. He hit the ball great, just couldn't putt. Like, who knows? Who knows what could have happened that year? So, yeah. but yeah, I, I think, like, if this is going to be hard, tough, like, just either mucks it up, I definitely can see Xander, you know, keeping up with that, obviously. So, yeah. all right, why well, don't we take another break, and then we'll uh, get down to the uh, $8,000 range. All right, listen, there's never enough things to gamble on. The one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing, and the best part is there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel. It's a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes, pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others and move up the leaderboard. Win as much as twenty five k with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses – don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select. Build your strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com, and multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the U.S. Get the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your play, invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our stats. So go download StableDuel.com. Uh, and see how many winners you can pick in the stable, and we'll see you in the winner's circle. Play, race, and win. All right, $8,000 range. So I think where I'm going to start is we talked about it last week, just giving some guys a pass about what happened with Bay Hill. Well, I'm going to give Will Zalatoris a pass at Bay Hill. It does look like he's very popular this week, um, at least relative to some other guys. Everybody's going to Daniel Berger right below him. And maybe people are just upset about what happened on Sunday, including me. I was not very happy with what happened on Sunday. But, listen, it is what it is. That was a circus uh, tournament. What I do know about him, grave his irons. He's pretty good at getting up and down. And I know he's had pro- problems with the putter. But on overseas services in his career, he's actually done okay. I see him do very well in tough conditions, in tough weather conditions, tough tournaments. I think that's going to be kind of like this, you know, this year. And he was respectful in his debut last year, so. I like him, especially if the ownership's not really getting too crazy. And then this is my apology to Billy Horschel. Uh, an apology to Jeff Nagel. I think I said something last week that uh, got you off the set for him. My apologies. Um, but I was wrong. And he played great at Bay Hill. It's not really fraudulent. And now he gets to a golf course where he's not hitting as many long irons. It's going to be, I think, another mucky tournament. And it does not look like he's popular again. It looks like just people are going to Adam Scott or Shane Lowry around him. So I'll go to Billy Horschel. I'm just going to – I'll eat crow and say I was wrong. And, you know, Camper, you just made a point of you think Rory's going to be tired because it was such a grind. Well, you know, listen, last year's Bay Hill, that was not very easy either. And you had three guys in the, – the, I think the top three guys in that tournament ended up finishing top ten in the next, next okay. week of players. So it That's can happen. Okay. Like maybe – like. Playing Bay Hill, like, got them, I know it was tough, but maybe they'll get here and be like, oh, this is a little easier, and maybe just having the reps before 
this tournament, which might be a little tricky and frustrating. Maybe that's good for him. So if the ownership's not very high, I'm going to go with him. And then my fate is, it's dangerous because I've always been someone to say, if you've been betting someone and you finally give up on them, that's going to be the week they actually do well. I'm giving up on Sanjay. I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, He lost in every single category last week, T to green. He had an amazing putting week. I guess that's the only thing I'll take from it is just that, like, I know he had a T20, but just something's been off. It ha- it was just last week. It's been the last couple of tournaments. Something is just off with him, and I think at this point he's kind of got to prove it. And he's got, like, he's still riding, like, 12, 13, 40% DFS ownership. So I think that's just why well, I'm going to fade. So, Jeff, what about you? What about two guys you like in this range and one guy you don't? Uh, okay. Well, I will say this. In my little warped course history, iron play, recent form brain, I can really make a case for everybody in this range. And so when I was looking at it, I really feel like I'm 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 picking nits. I do like Shane Lowry. Um uh, I if if Honda happened last week and he was going straight from Honda to Sawgrass, I probably wouldn't. I think the fact that he had a he had a a week to to, to reset would be helpful. He does have, a, I think, a, a top 10 finish or a top last five. Time. Yeah, Heritage. last time out, he was top 10. Oh, here. No, at, at Heritage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me talk, Cap, all right? Hey, 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 be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if the weather's going to be a thing, honestly, I'm going to be okay with Shane Larry. I don't know the ownership. Um, it was going to – I thought Andy Lack made a good case for Brooksy. That could be a thing. That he's down in the mid eights when he should, you know, a, a good, I think a badass Brooks would be up there in the high nines, maybe even should be up there with the tens if he was Brooks. So he's kind of a little, little too low. I like that. So I would say Brooksy and Shane Larry, I like the most. Yeah, the Billy Horschel thing is a terrible long iron player. Yes, that did stick in my head. <laughs> I and this and this is a couple of weeks after I said, "Oh, Billy's probably going to have a huge Florida swing," and I didn't play him either week. So yeah, that was great. I'll jump on now and I'll miss the cut. So <laughs> that's how it works, Steve. You know how it works. But yeah, you can make a case for anybody in this range. So my fade. This is a little unorthodox, but I think my fade would be. Whoever the highest owned guy is, you should okay. fade guy because there's so many. I believe there's so many options. So if that's Adam Scott, then I would fade Adam Scott. If it's Louis, then I would fade Louis. But because there's this, you can make a case for everybody. So mm-hmm. I I like this range a lot. If you wanted to go balance, you could really, if you could just find something that you like right here, you could really do some differential building in this. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, it's looking like the most popular player is uh, your nemesis, Daniel Berger. So, uh, so that might be an easy fade for you then. But, he, but he he looks very good at a lot of things here too, and he's been good at this place. So, no, I, I think I agree with you. Like, I think there's a lot of things in the nines and eights where a balanced build would work really well this week. Like, you're right. Like, even some Jay's hard for me to fade because I can definitely see it. Like, I can make a case for everybody in this range. So, yeah. Well, he was a chalky guy last week, right? Or at Honda. Yeah, yeah, and it came through. Yeah, yeah listen, like, like, like Florida, some, you know, that was the whole thing. Yeah, you can't always be contrarian, just be contrarian. So, yep. yeah. All right. Everybody. 
Yeah. All right, Kappa, what about you? Sorry. No, nah, so I, so I, I don't give a fuck what uh, Burgers. Listen, if it, if it pushes twenty, like if it gets to twenty, I'll probably fade him. But I want to play Daniel Berger at this price. Like he just he, he he choked that shit away right on Sunday. So I thought his ownership would be less, but obviously the community is is smarter now than it was a year, even a year or two years ago, right? We don't give a shit. We'll play the flop lag game. Um, great, great with his irons. Can't putt. Worth a shit. Um, accurate off the tee. Florida golfer, used to it. Give me Berger at eighty eight hundred. He should be priced in the fucking nines. Like to me, there's no question. I just think it's I think it's a price point. Uh, I just think it's wrong. Like I think he should be higher. Um, and then I, I'm with uh, I'm with I'm with Jeff. Uh, like give me some Brooksy, man. Eighty six hundred. Like to me, and I know the pricing's soft because they release and shit. Like and it's such a strong field. But to be able to get Brooksy at eighty six hundred bucks, it's fucking dumb. It's dumb. He's got a good course history here. He's not wild off the tee. If he can putt, then he will be absolutely fine. 8,600, and he's not even, like, super chalky. So, yeah, give me that. And then I'm going to fade Adam Scott. And it's only because it looks like he should go out and win this tournament. <laughs> like, like based on the trends that's, that are, that's happening. Obviously, good course history here. He's won here. Um I think Adam Scott plays really well. I hate his fucking putter. It's borderline cheating. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I just, he's going to be super popular. 8,200. He's a guy who I've, I've bet lots of money on and I've had DFS and those fucking four foot putts. There's nothing worse than having Adam Scott standing over a four foot putt to either win a tournament, get him into it, make the cut, something. It's just unsettling and I don't fucking need it. Like I just don't need to have that stress. So. I'm not playing at it. You know how we said that uh, things are kind of crescendoing for Xander to kind of sneak up on everybody and do well at the Masters? Well, I kind of got a feeling it's going to be Adam Scott versus Xander down the stretch. Oh, me too. I got, like, I'm saving Adam Scott on my one and yeah. done for Masters probably. Yeah, I, I think I think Adam's preparing for that. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much he cares about for this week, but, you know, we'll see. So, yep. All right. I'm with you. 7,000 out of range. Jeff, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you just give us, like, three or four guys you like down here? Okay. I just want to say, we were talking about green reading books before, and I think Daniel Berger is a prime candidate for that discussion. Why don't you like Berger, bro? I'm just curious. I, I've, I've not heard you like rant against him or anything, but he's called him your arch nemesis. Why don't you like Berger? Uh, oh, because his girlfriend was fucking mean to you? Are you serious? Are you talking about that still? How many years ago was that? I haven't said a word. But that's what you were about to say. I forgot until I forgot until just now when I saw I saw that embarrassed. I can't believe I'm still mad at him about this face. Never mind. Just move on. We're fine. Okay. Seven K rage. Seven uh, K. Child. Oh, I was supposed to be first in this range. You were. There's a couple of guys that I like. I just off the top of my head, I'm gonna have to make a decision on Tommy Fleetwood. Last week was a stop. Last week was Tommy's last stand. Fucking gross. I was lucky. I was lucky. Enough. Fucking gross. He somehow made the cut. He back ended into it. He he it wasn't. It's because the number moved. He knew he shouldn't even made the cut. The cut moved. If you put money on fucking Fleetwood, Jeff, I swear to Christ. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So I was saying this. that he probably shouldn't even have made the cut last week. The number fell, and he made it, and then turned it into a T twenty. Uh, beat Sergio in the matchup. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, don't think I wasn't tracking that. So I have to make a decision. Do I do I want to go back to the well one more time? Let's see. So I'm thinking about that. Corey Connors, Valero Texas Open, uh, 
ball striking bastard, Ackham player. Uh, showed a little something last week. Showed a little something last year. Let's see. Let's check the ownership on that guy. Okay. Ah, uh, where else? No, he withdrew. Corey's Corey's gonna be. He'll be he'll be popular, but he's not gonna be like holy shit! I can't believe he's that old. I like Gabe Answer. I did the I did a I did a majors preview show with our friend Andy Lack. He's got a lot of run in this episode. Uh, <laughs> he really is, isn't he? We were talking about the <laughs> we just we just threw throwing names out there for the players, and I mentioned Abe Answer. I wanted to ask you, it was on my list. I forgot to mention it. The TPC South went down in Memphis. Is that that's all Bermuda, right? So it's Zoysia Fairways, Bermuda Rough, Bermuda Greens. But yeah, I, I think. High level concept, pretty similar to this place. Okay, because yeah. uh, I heard uh, Mayo talking about it and Brooksy and Abe Answer and Dan. Actually, actually, another golf course that the superintendent of TBC Sawgrass worked at, TBC Southwind. How about mm. that? Yeah. So I'm going to give Abe Answer a good look. Uh, Sam Burns poked his head out a little bit last week. Nope. And he won the Valspar, right? He won the Valspar. Yep. He did. And that was that was more of a Bermuda Valspar, but yeah, oh, he won the Valspar. Was, um <laughs> Yeah, that, that overseed thing, I think a lot of his putting came from there. I'd have to look, but that was mostly Bermuda Greens last year when he did that. So I don't know how relevant that really is to like his putting performance on overseed. But if there's a couple of guys at the top. Like if, if people are gonna play Matthew Fitzpatrick, then I might go to answer. Everyone um, is playing I want to see where the I want to see how the ownership how the ownership breaks down. But then in the bottom the bottom seven they get Gary Woodland. Like he's he's showing something. That man. seventeen was so hard to watch, bro. Oh my god. Yeah, like I, oh, oh god, it was tough. Did you see my recap show? I had I bet Gary eighteen to one, but yeah. I parked him with Kyle Larson. Yeah. After he's gonna get out of the bunker, I'm like Fucking Kyle Larson is so going to win that race. That was yeah. 90-something to one. I know. I saw it. I don't know anything about NASCAR, but good job, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, Kyle Larson, that was a heartbreak, too. So that would maybe it worked Maybe it worked out okay that it, you already got out of the way. Uh, no, no, did, did, didn't, didn't Larson win? No, Bowman won. He got past it with, like, oh, two laps to go. I don't know. He no, lost in Jeff. devastating fashion. Uh, oh, okay. shocking. Both of my guys Way to go, lost Jeff. in devastating fashion. Way to go, Jeff. Story of my life. So, yeah, I, I think I named enough guys. I'm going to do some shopping around here. Uh, what to do with Paul Casey, who... Fuck Paul Casey. I know. I like to name all these guys that you can't stand. I want to... This is fun for me. God. Listen, I said last week on the show, I said Paul Casey, his, his ownership is getting up there. If he has another decent week th- this week, then his ownership for the players is going to be through the roof, and then you can fade him then. Because you don't want everybody to be playing Paul Casey. But, boy, that was ugly. that's why I asked you about the carnage outside. He was terrible over the weekend. Yeah, it was so, awful. Yeah, it was. I fucking I lost I lost a fucking seven leg parlay because that cocksucker couldn't make a fucking putt. Yeah, oh, I think I had him. I had him top twenty at like plus one seventy five, and he was sitting T six on Friday. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great, and then he finished seventy second. Oh, don't touch the money, man. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, who? Okay, so I have to fade somebody too. No, no, no you're gonna just, fade somebody. Nah, in the same okay. All right. All right, Capper. What about you? Pick a couple guys you like. All right, so he already mentioned Burns. I like Burns, um, and he already mentioned Answer, so I won't mention them. I love Answer this week. Um, I'm hoping his number's going to fall a little bit. Um, he's somebody who I'm considering for an outright as well. Um, so I'll just kind of go to the low sevens. Like, Goose, he's, I know he's, kind, he's, he's not even as chunky as I thought. Like I said, sitting right around 10%. He's got a decent course history here. 
guy can't putt. Uh, but he had a sense of humor about it. He, he, uh, he, uh, he, he missed that. I don't know, whatever, four footer or whatever it was. And then he blamed the spike mark and he like quote tweeted himself. And he's like, how can you miss a three footer and not blame a spike mark? Cause he went back and like tamped it down. I was like, all right, he's got a good sense of humor about it. So he's moved on. He's 7,200. Um, he's one of my guys who I play all the fucking time. So why would I not? Same thing with fucking Cam Young. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to keep playing him until he doesn't play well. This guy plays well. He's $7,200. That's it. Like I, I don't need to have any more thought about it. He, he hasn't he hasn't burned me yet. There's no scar tissue. The guy seems to show up. He hasn't had a week off in God knows how long, but he keeps fucking showing up. Why would I not? Why would I not play him at 7200? Um, and then going a little lower. Um, same thing with Lanto. Um, I like Lanto a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, and he's he's not as popular at all. Um, so I like, I, I like those guys in the lowers and based on like the build, like, I, like I'm, I'm not doing as much defense as I used to. Um, so typically I'm doing the, the single lineup, which I fucking blow at. Um, so, uh, maybe I need to get back to building, uh, even my three to fives. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, 7,200 for, for those two guys. And I think, uh, so I heard, I think it was Andy talking about Norin. I don't know enough about that dude. I feel like he's burnt me a couple of times. Um, I saw somebody on the Slack channel post him for what low speed or whatever, which I think is fine. Um, so I don't know. I guess I can consider him uh, based on on what Andy said. I, I kind of want your thoughts on him because I feel like you played Norn a bunch, Steve. Yeah, well, I'm going to play him again, so I'll talk about him a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you talk about right. him then? All right, well, I will save him for a little bit. I'll, I'll start more towards the top of the range. So, uh, you know, Gary Woodland, um, maybe because now I'm on board, that's going to end it for him. <laughs> Don't you do this, Steve. You stay off the fucking – you chastising me for fucking playing, telling me, that's it. You need an intervention. No well, more Woodland. Here's the thing. Like, he's I just was, a guy. How come he's not popular this week? Is it because of, like, he – everyone thinks, like, oh, he got burnt out. It's a devastating loss, and he's not going to be able to recover the next week. Yeah. Dude's just playing good. And like I said, there was top three guys at Bay Hill and a division top ten the next week. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. He's just playing good. And if I want – like, I think Gary Woodland in tough, hard conditions – where he can get up and down, hits his irons well. You know, he talk about how, you know, he's won TPC Scottsdale before, similar agronomy. Fine, I'm good with that here. I know his course history hasn't all that been all that good, but since they moved to March, it's one cut where last year he just sucked, and I think he finished like T-third in the other one, so whatever. Yeah. Um, if I'm talking about a guy who is going to hit a lot of fairways, hit his up, really good, uh, is a really good scrambler, and can putt really well on overseed, doesn't make a whole lot of bogeys, uh, give me Russell Henley. Uh, I know he's mostly known for being like a short knocker, but hey, like, listen, there's actually a lot of tough, like, golf courses, big boy golf courses where he's actually done well at. That, uh, the, the U.S. Open in Shinnecock Hills, I think he was like right up there after 36 holes. I think he finished like top 25 that week. Uh, played well at Torrey Pines last year. Uh, always does well at the Honda. So good Florida course history there. And I just think like, if this is going to be kind of like a weird, like, TBC Sawgrass, where you got to grind out pars, stay consistent, hit your irons good, get up and down. I like Russell Henley. Uh, I've been playing the Cameron Jingali play the dip all year long, and we are on the dip again. Yep. So his last, going back to last fall, T2 cut, T7 cut, T3 cut, T13 cut. So, and no one's on him this week. And if we want to talk about a guy who can play well in Difficult win conditions. The Zozo was pretty difficult when they over Japan. The Valero Texas Open last year, pretty difficult final round. Windy, rain, did okay there. Good iron player, can scramble, puts well on the overseed. If no one's playing him, I'll just go with the trend and say he's going to have like a top 20 finish this week. 
And then Alex Noren, that's a guy I talked about yesterday of where he's peaking in a certain area he's not usually good at. So that's his iron play. He's been hitting his irons really good since the beginning of the year. Always a really good scrambler and get up and down for par. Always a really good putter. He's been pretty good on Pete Dye tracks, pretty good on Florida tracks, pretty good in these penal golf courses too. At $7,000, I am playing a lot of Alex and we're not just here, but on my betting card. So, okay. All right. There's my four. All right. Well, All right. I'm going to take one more break and then we'll uh, go dumpster diving. Did you guys know that browsing online and using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy, Jeff? They know your weird search history. Uh, that's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other private eyes. That's why I use IPVanish, a VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands, like Russia. Uh, even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices even your fire stick. Whether at home or in public, I don't go online without using IPVanish. And they are offering incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish, super easy to use. Like I said, if I could do it, you could do it. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You don't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP to claim your 70% off savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P. Okay, Capri. Take a deep breath. Yeah, I got it. And Thank now you. go break down the $6,000 range. Give me like three or four guys you like. He's such a cocksucker. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I, I'm going it, I'm going with the thing that it's going to be witty. It's going to be tough. A guy who came off at a four-to-one top 20 for me last week. I'm sticking with my guys. Going back to the fucking year, baby. Let's go. Lucas Herbert. Tough conditions. Windy. He's wild off the tee. I was going to ask you, what is Euro stats? Do you know what he does when it's not the driver? Like when he clubs down, is he not as wild? I, I don't know, man. Go, I'd have to go look. You don't get to roll your eyes when you tell me you keep your own spreadsheets on the Euro guys, and then I ask you a question about a fucking Euro guy. It's a very obscure question, but okay. <laughs> I don't think I it's can, that obscure. I can answer it for you. You just okay. write All it right. down, and you know yeah. my secretary will handle it. Okay, fine. Go fuck yourself. All right, so um, and then uh, I'm going back to the posted well. I hate the I hate the trend of well cut doing well cut, but he's played well here two times in a row. Both of them have been in March. Um, I don't give a fuck. He's 6100. Lets me do what I want. You know what I mean? And if he can make the weekend, then fucking gravy. I was gonna take for Telly, but I figured I'd let Jeff, who I'm sure is gonna take for Telly, talk about him. Uh, so I'm going to go back to my boy Munez, man. Like, like whatever, like he's fine. Like, I feel like he does have a good course history here, but I don't care. Like he, he, he's been playing really well lately, Sands last week. And, uh, I want your opinion on McCaffrey. I know it's all putter, but <laughs> what are you fucking laughing at? McCaffrey. <laughs> the, um, it's, I know it's all putter, but. I mean, for whatever, 64, 6,600, whatever the hell he is, like, I mean, it's not bad. Right? I mean, I mean, he's basically Brendan Todd before it was cheaper, so. Right. I, 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 I don't I mean, like I, I mean, Brendan Todd's a guy I kind of like, so. Yeah, but I, I, guess I don't like, I don't like watching him and I get a $400 savings, so. Okay, well, they're the same player, though. So. Yeah, I don't yeah. like watching Todd. I don't think I've actually ever watched McCarthy what more than Brendan like Todd four or five What's Brendan Todd done to you? you know I don't know. 
I, I, he looks like a fucking goober too, doesn't he? Yeah, He's a okay. nice Leave yeah. Brendan Todd alone. I like Brendan Todd. That's Todd fine. Brendan. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Just saying. Listen. All right. I'm Brendan Todd. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice gentleman. He's a grind, grind his asshole. Yeah, listen, you, you, must, you must have had Harry Hicks in the Bermuda Championship when Brendan Todd stole that from him. I probably fucking did, actually. Actually, you might be right. Maybe. <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut. Ah, All right. <laughs> so, look, like, if I'm going for guys, like, that I think can make up some of their ball striking deficiencies with tougher conditions where you can just get up and down and scramble pretty well and putt pretty well the overseed. Well, why we started Mackenzie Hughes? Seems like anytime it's a little bit of a rock fight where everyone's missing greens, crappy conditions, he rides the occasion. I know the, uh, I think the, uh, what, the 2021 Masters, the spring one, he did okay. Obviously, he got the BMW Championship where everybody's missing greens and he did well there. He's good at the Honda Classic. Um, I guess I like him. Uh, I just talked about Brendan Todd. Guy who just makes a lot of fairways and scrambled, puts pretty well on the overseed, has decent course history here, but I'm not really using that a whole lot this week. Uh, I think I'm just looking for a guy down this range. I, I think he's going to make the cut. Uh, I know he hasn't been hitting his irons all that good lately, but a lot of that has just been an ill-timed water ball or something. Maybe he can clean that up this week. So I like him. Adam Hadwin's actually a guy I like a lot this week. I know he had the miscut of the Genesis, and he didn't – like, he played okay on the West Coast. He had some good finishes, some duds, but for whatever reason, he actually putting very well on the POA out there, which is strange because he said before that he prefers West Coast POA, but the last time he actually gained strokes putting was at the Amex, and that's overseeded greens and basically just a cheap imitation of TBC Sawgrass. So if he can get on overseed this week, maybe he can putt a little better. He's been hitting his irons okay. You know, that's another guy who can get up and down for par. I like him. And then Pat Prez has just been good. He's been solid. He's been making cuts. Hit his irons good. He scrambles well. He puts well on the overseed. You know, he's got a lot of course history here. If, if for 6400 bucks, he makes the weekend finishes within the top 50. I'm pretty happy for a DFS lineup. So, all right, Jeff, what about you? I, I think, right. I, I, how did I miss Perez? I don't know. I don't know how you miss this guy. I don't know how I'm going to start with this. I might go to him last. Oh, guys, okay. a couple of misses. Um, first thing I, I would say, I'm going to take a nice look at uh, Brian Harmon, who's got two top tens here the last two years. and was pretty good. He wasn't great at Honda, but he's been adequate. 6,900. Brian Harmon is in play. You know, I didn't, we didn't mention this, but in the, there's some weird, like, why is Doc Redmond 7,100? That is. Because he's got a good course history here. No, he doesn't. He's good. Yes, he does, doesn't he? No, no he, he doesn't. Doc You're thinking about Doug Gim. Oh, yeah, Doug Gim. Which Redmond's, Redmond, isn't Redmond, doesn't he live here too? Does he live in PV? I don't it's, know. I, it's I, odd. Didn't, he, didn't they set this pricing a couple weeks ago? No, Maybe it was like last some, week. Last week. I think they've had the pricing out for a little bit. It like, makes, oh, it, last week. It's, that's an anomaly. But I didn't mention Russell Knox up there if we're going to talk about. Okay. Up. Russell's been playing well. Yeah. This is right in his wheelhouse. I like you're Brian a, Harmon, though. You're a sucker for Knox. Capper, I'm surprised he didn't mention Keegan. So. I mean, 16th to 29th the last two years. I know. I know. Iron player. I know. That seems, that seems uh, he seems playable at 6,900. I know. Like a super chalky guy or whatever. So he's going to be um, chalky. He's going to be, he's going to be at least 10%. And Keegan's my guy. And I've told the story before. I put that poor prick in the water, uh, like on 18 one year here, um, by talking to him and mushing him. Um, and I don't know, man. Like I want to play him, 
But at the same point, like, I don't know. He looked okay on the weekend, too. Ten, just 10% Keegan always scares me because he pops in all these fucking nerd models. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is. And if he's not going to have to have his long irons, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But. Okay. I He finished second to Sam Burns at the Valspar, but that was a fake Valspar. Um, no, it was real. I had money on Keegan and that motherfucker. No, like, Steve said no it was, it was, it was a... It was a fake Valspar. Oh, because of the because Bermuda, of the, yeah. Bermuda, okay. Yeah. All right, you mentioned Dylan Fratelli. Listen, I heard you guys reference this on several occasions. I, I, that is, this is not my take. I heard Dylan Fratelli on a podcast, and he was talking about how he liked the Pete Dye design and he how he was looking forward to playing at Sawgrass. And his first appearance there, he finished twenty second, almost cashed that top twenty. Yeah, and. uh this is his eighth week in a row that he's playing. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of golf. It's a lot of golf. West Coast, East Coast. I don't know what's going on there. So I don't know if I endorse that. But one name that I do like that you haven't mentioned, and I'm surprised because you guys are very, very smart. But I thought of this today, and I was we were talking about the Valero Texas Open. Yeah. And I remember there's a narrative around this guy about TPC courses. How about KH Lee? At 150 to one, uh, he hasn't missed the cut all year. He was 41st here last year, 6,300 dollars. What am I? Uh, what am I? What am I wrong? You know, I mean, listen, the Claro Texas Open or yeah, you won the Byron Nelson? No, he won, won the Byron Nelson. Byron Nelson. Damn it! But okay, but it's fine. It, it's so like so. Cage Lee's a, in my brain is a like he's 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 going to be on my first round leader card. Like that's a fact. That's happening. Like uh, and he's 6,300. I don't know. I feel like what has he done here since it switched the match? I don't know. I he played it here once. He yeah. only played here once. He finished forty first. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm fine with the first round leader. And listen, make the cut. Like whatever. I'm fine with Cage Lee. I don't know. Betting him fucking outright. Like I feel like that's just way. Well, I screw that up. <laughs> I, I I confused the Valero Texas Open, which uh, Jordan Spieth won with yeah. uh, Byron Nelson. Well, I don't know if he contended though. Now he's big, but that TPC thing—that's definitely real. Oh, it's and definitely real. Talk about the green surfaces at the uh, TPC Scottsdale. Yeah, it, it was very good there. Yep. So there's some, there's a little bit of merit there. Yeah, I'm listen, like, I, I'm fine with Casey. I'm absolutely fine. Like he will be on my first round leader card. Like I already have like five guys who I know I'm playing. Like regardless of whatever number they put next to it, Casey's one of them. Did well, you, and, and like the guy who designed Craig Ranch is Tom Weisskopf. He designed TPC Scottsdale. So mm-hmm. if you want to take, you know, that connection the six. Tom Weisskopf. Yep. There you go. Capper, did yeah. you hit Rory first round leader last week? I, I did. My I sent my brother was asking me about first round leaders, and I yeah. sent a, a screenshot of your card. Yeah. And he says, uh, I'm not playing nine first round leaders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But these are if you're gonna play three, here's a list of guys that somebody who who would know yeah. would play. And yeah. it turns out, I'm like, yeah, I saw Rory on there. Which, and I remember when I heard you say that on the podcast, I'm like, Rory, first round leader. What are we doing? Like, what, you don't even get good value on that. It's 25 but, to 1, man. Yeah, it's, only, to one. Yeah, it's only bad value if you lose. So yeah, that was, uh, congratulations. Thanks, buddy. There you go. All right. So usually this part of the show, after we're done breaking down the tiers, uh, we let our guests just rant about anything. So, Jeff, what are you burning on? You can talk oh, about golf, thought- other sports, whatever. I thought about this, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could tie these two things together or not. But I will. Uh, 
I will try. First of all, I want to say that in general, I hate hearing people complain. So do you listen to yourself? Without taking, without taking, <laughs> I can't, I don't like this segment at all. I think it's fucking obnoxious. I think that listen to Boston Capper complain about the fucking New England Patriots and their seven Super Bowls and having one 500 season. That's obnoxious. I don't like, so I don't want to sit here and bitch and moan and complain because it's right. just. Well, then talk about something you're grateful for then, Jeff, if we want to go that, that way. I'm grateful. All right. Well, no, I am going to bitch for a second. Okay. There's way too much mushing going on in this little community that we have right now. Absolutely. Where with the, with the, with the tweets and the text messages and the DMs and people telling you who they have and then people telling you what they're rooting for and they don't know what you have and they don't know what you're rooting for and you end up rooting against each other and there's too much freaking clutter. Can we just shut up and watch and see what happens? And then if we hit, that's great. And if you lose, okay. But this constant, constant, I mean, it starts on Thursday. There's so much negativity with every bogey and every birdie and how, why did I play this guy and this guy sucks? And it's, it's so, I don't know how people get enjoyment out of that. That's why I'm a big proponent of don't fucking tweet me on Thursday and send me screenshots of the listener league that you're winning when there's 417 holes remaining. It doesn't make any sense to me. You're just wasting my time, and you sound like an idiot. So I just think that people just need to just calm down, let things play out, stop mushing other people. But yeah, I heard you mention the Gary Woodland thing and Cousin Mush or whoever the hell that guy is, and it's like, oh, maybe that's why I lost my Gary Woodland bet. <laughs> <laughs> out there texting Boston Capper. You know, I don't want to hear. I just, everybody shut up. And this one's cursed. And this one, and this is bad juju. And this guy's talking to his picture during a perfect game. And it's like, how is this fun? We're all end up losing money. How is this fun? So that's what I'm burning on. Everybody just shut the fuck up and just watch and see what happens. And turn your phone off and leave it alone. That's it. Amen, brother. Oh, I love it. So here's the thing, like, it's so stupid that we get caught up with this stuff, but it just seems like every single time someone opens their mouth or says something, just stuff goes wrong. Seriously. It's, it's, it's weird, insane. but it's it's the dumbest things we worry about, but I, it's annoying. It's frustrating. And then we end up just lashing out and blaming something else for it. So yep. That's why I always ask for radio silence, Steve. I, and I, unless I want to do some <laughs> shtick that's, that has nothing oh. to do with the tournament, yes, I usually respect you in that regard. All right. Well, we take one more break and then we'll uh, talk about who we got outright. All right. Well, listen, uh, PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwap is making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from bettors like yourself, like Gil from Jersey. Uh, who purchased a Murray State Championship ticket. Oh, that's a friend of my uh, father's uh, school. Like The only reason I even know what that is is because uh, he talks about them every fucking March Madness. Uh, championship ticket on Prop Swap at 225 to 1. While the sports books are only offering 150 to 1 odds, now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high and cash out on Prop Swap with the tourney stars. And remember, when you're making your bets, go for two. Make 
two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for profit and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country. So you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. So go hurry up and download the app today. They get fantastic features like filtered listed tickets so you can find the best value, all the big sales and red hot tickets and the loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into bonus cash uh, first. And of course, a first deposit match when you use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match up to 500 Bucks, join the real sports bettors on PropSwap. It's where America buys and sells sports bets. And don't forget to go download the SGPN app. Uh, it gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us a review and download the SGPN app today. And we're running a special contest this week. Uh, so you guys got to follow at the, not me on Twitter. Steve's not on it. We have a golf gambling podcast. Um, Twitter handle, <laughs> and uh, and so we're gonna give away a golf gambling uh, polo, or a golf gambling podcast polo, uh, for if you guess the outright, and then the tiebreaker will be the first round leader. If you guess both, you'll win a thousand dollars. We're gonna give you a thousand dollars if you can, if you can pick the first round leader and the outright. And worst comes to worst, uh, you'll get a shop new uh, Adidas golf gambling podcast polo. So and, and the winning score, by the way. You yeah, gotta yeah, get all three. Then yeah. you'll get a thousand bucks. But it'd be well earned if you can get all three. Yeah. All right. So let's go over who we got outrights. Um, Jeff, you got any bets down yet as far as who's winning this thing? No. I, no. I, I made okay. a New Year's resolution that I don't put any of my bets in until Wednesday. So okay. yeah, I missed out on value, but I like yep. to get as much information as I can. And then I don't have to worry about making a bet too early. And then everybody take, like, I don't. I, I made a change, and I only, okay. I only one time this year I bet a guy uh, Morikawa at Riviera on that Monday morning. I bet that. All right. I, do you have Do you have like any inkling right now as far yeah, as where no, might no, go? I, okay. I got some guys that I'm probably gonna. I'm, you know, Xander's twenty five to one, and you know you always hear, oh, how can Xander? How can how, how can you bet Xander eighteen to one? That's not my Boston Capper impression, but he's he is. <laughs> Oh, how can he be priced up with these guys? Well, now he's down to 25. He's like ninth on the board, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And just just because, just because, gold medal, players' championship, yeah, make my life miserable. That can happen. So I'm playing that. <laughs> uh, DJ, oh, do we care what how, how what range are we talking here? We don't oh, do just, ranges. Yeah, just whatever you want. Yeah, we're not breaking down the bad guy. No. Okay. Want. Yeah, I like, um, I'm gonna have to have a little sprinkle on DJ at 40. That's ridiculous. You gotta get it before it moves, man. I'm telling you. I've, I've already I, seen him. You know, we'll I've see. seen him moving two shops already. I'm just telling you. So I know you want to wait till Wednesday. We're looking out, Capper. All right. So I might bet DJ. Why don't you I do it right bet, now while I might bet Brooksy at 35. So I'm looking at that. So what, you guys name a couple of guys and then we'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. Yeah. I mean, I, so I have six, but it's cause I got really good numbers on some guys. Okay. So, and where the numbers are right now, I probably wouldn't bet him. So, all right, talk about Hideki. I got him a 31 to 1. I'm worried that was a week early on him. I just can see, like, like the theme with this card is, like, guys who I think are adaptable, guys who I think can handle just mucky conditions because they're really good iron players and good scramblers and just can survive the elements. So, Hideki's one of those guys. Um I kind of question how tough Daniel Berger is, but I got a 41 to one on him. And just because like, listen, great iron player, great scrambler, great in Florida. And I know he blew that Honda, you know, tournament, but 
listen, that's golf sometimes. So maybe a couple breaks go his way this time. I love the number. And this is what I'm looking for this week. Um, yeah, Brooks at 50 to one. I don't love him, I think, as much as other people do. But I remember saying after the Honda that I was impressed with how he played and that how I completely just disregarded how he did Riviera because he was like a Kuyu. And I actually said, I'm kind of interested at the players, what his number would be. And it's 50. I feel like I just had to bet it. Because otherwise, karma is going to punish me if I don't. I bet that. Um, I understand the course history sucks on Jordan Spieth, but what if it just is just chaos? And with the weather changing every single day, you know, I think he can maybe he can just, and then like with course history here, like it's, it can be unpredictable. And I like how he's in his irons. He played well for two rounds of Riviera, just didn't have really good, you know, weekend played awesome at Pebble, should have won that. And he's 60 to one to win this tournament. I like him. Um, I say the Russell Henley, I got him at 120 to one. I don't think he's actually going to win, but what if he does win? Well, all it takes is somebody from, you know, hitting the ball in the water in 17. And there's a lot of things I like about him. I love the number at over a hundred. And then the last guy and Capper, you don't like him this week. Okay. My concern with Patrick Cantlay is that I've been big on the weather and he has that bad back, but I figure, look, he's had a couple weeks off. It's cold in Pebble Beach, and he seems to do okay. He's good at the Diet Coke version of TBC Sawgrass out in PGA West. Uh, he's a patient golfer. He's a guy who I feel like can grind it out if the elements are pretty severe and changing. He's a thoughtful guy, a smart guy. Um, I know that people have been talking about the trend with his irons being he's lost three of the last four weeks. Well, two of those tournaments, they didn't record shot link data in two of the rounds. So how can you really say that? And he played great in both. He finished top five in both events. Um, I just think he's playing really good. I got a price for 26 to one for a guy that I think can play positional golf, be patient, you know, can scramble well, not make a whole lot of mistakes. I understand the course history sucks here, but last year, kind of similar, I think, with Xander, he withdrew from concession a couple weeks before that with some sort of illness. I think Jeff, you actually made mention that there might have been some off the course issue with Cantley around that time, and maybe that's why he wasn't playing great. I think he's in a better spot now. I think he's playing good, and I like the number, and I could definitely see him kind of grinding out just a tough event this week. So I took Cantley twenty six. I like the, the nicest way to say uh, watching Cantley play golf makes you want to kill yourself is he's a patient golfer. Like nine thousand fucking years to set up every goddamn shot. Like He's, anyway, I think the term is deliberate. Yeah, deliberate. Deliberate yeah. golfer. Deliberately gonna throw something at him on fucking Sunday at TPC if he's doing that bullshit. Easy. Um, I'm not really gonna do it, Jeff. All right. So if, uh, if you run onto the course and ruin my outright, I'm not gonna be happy with you. Oh, don't listen. Don't you don't you tell or me what I scream in the middle of his back scream in the middle to, of his back I went swing. to Catholic school fucking I do not react well to people telling me what I can and cannot do just ask my wife I just I don't like it's taken years of just like I'm no I'm broken baby I'm sorry just please phrase it in a different way and I won't do it like, that's it um okay. I'm just, I just bunk immediately anyway so just like whatever I just bet DJ immediately because the number is like whatever even I don't give a fuck if he loses like when am I gonna get an opportunity to bet DJ at 40 to 1 in my brain snap bet that um so and then I bet 
Uh, Decky at 30 as well. Um, thinking I was going to be a week early and I was super high on him last week. Um, his number really hasn't drifted as much. I probably shouldn't have snapped better this fast because I think it's only at 28 at most places. Uh, <coughs> ooh, excuse me. <coughs> and I got Berger, uh, at 35 as well. I think that number's wrong. Somebody who just, who should have closed, but he didn't. So whatever. Sweet. I'll take the drift. And then same thing with Brooks. Like whatever, man. I just bet bad numbers. Um, what I thought were bad numbers and that, that, that that's all I've done so far. I got a couple long shots that I'm looking at. Like the the year is like fucking two fifty to one. Like what man, throw fucking ten bucks on that. Who gives a shit? Like who knows? Maybe this carnage and chaos. That would be nice. Um, I don't really know what to do with Rom at fourteen. Because <laughs> I, I know, man. I'm just telling you. Like I I kind of want to football bet it, but I've already made for sub basically sub forty picks, so I can't really do that. If we're going to structure the card correctly, which I don't do because I'm a degenerate gambler. I have no structure to my cards. If I want to bet somebody, I'm going to bet somebody. So here, um, here's the thing. I think you're going to want to save some room in your budget to fire. So like how I bet outright. Yeah, like, I know you're right. Not a whole lot of capital I'm actually spending pre-tournament. Yeah. So I have room, especially at the numbers I got some of these guys, like to fire a couple times. I, I don't want to get wrapped up in anyone under 20 to 1 this week. Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone is going to run away with it by the weekend. So you never know, but I don't just, I mean, Saturday looks nuts. Yeah. Like, I I I wanted to go out there Thursday. It could be a a Monday finish. I don't know how much golf they're going to get in on Friday. Like, I I don't want to, like, kind of like you, I just kind of looked at numbers and said, I like this, I like this. So if I have Sunday tickets, do I just get to go for the finish on Monday too? If it goes over, do I have to buy another fucking ticket? Yeah, they'll let you back. It's, no, it's it's oh, isn't it final round passes. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting, man. I yeah, I, I gotta I'm get stoked. down to the players one of these. Come guys. down, man. You can I stay do. at Castle Day Clifford. Bro, my kids, the, my kids can drive you nuts. We can go out for a couple like, rounds. No, I'm definitely gonna go to the players at some point. I'm gonna go to the yeah. players. I'm gonna go to a memorial. I'm gonna. It's on the list. Yeah, well, listen, seriously, what, we can talk offline. We can try to plan it. We can do like, make it like a, make it like a Florida swing golf trip. We can go play a couple good courses during the week and then finish it up with, uh, TPC. No, definitely. Um, I'm in. Um, that's, I'm going to do that. Actually. Yeah, I got, I got cousin Mush coming down. We're trying to do a golf, uh, keep that guy away from me. All right. <laughs> it's Kramer's, it's Kramer's cousin, Dennis, man. You know him. He's all, he's, he's been, he's been around forever. Anyway, but he's, co- he's coming down in May. He's coming down in May. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do a, a golf trip, Orlando, Tampa, Miami. Very nice. Can I throw a couple of things out there? Yeah, go for it. Yep. Cap, are you done? No, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, he's done. I, I'm going to play Abe answer only because I said it on Andy Lack's podcast back in the fall. And if okay. I don't bet that, I'm going to be mad at myself. Okay. Uh, yo, Justin Rose is a hundred to one. I know. Same odds as Norin and Shame's, uh, Chris Kirk. I could have been a week early. One, he could have won fucking Tory a couple of weeks ago. I know. I, I bet him last week and I thought about it hard to go back. I might start with a positional and then maybe see if I can see how he does at first. 101 is, is, is pretty high. And, uh, KH Lee, not because he's Asian, but maybe he could pull like a Siwoo Kim at 181. And, maybe. uh, Win this thing, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, uh, TPC Scottsdale, that might be a thing. I don't know. I don't know. I I had this KH Lee idea in my head. I felt a lot better about it when I thought that he won the Blair with Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Not Byron Nelson, but well, I, I don't. 
Polly Polly Poodles, who I know is now a follower of yours on Twitter and talks to you all the time. Yeah. Uh, he is he is also uh, on Cage Lee early. Oh well, that's not good. <laughs> I don't want that. Maybe I'll play what? Russell Knox at one eighty. There you shout go. Out to, shout out to the Heritage. He always plays well at the Heritage. So I got some sh- I got some things I need to do. I got to hunker down. But hey, guys, this has been uh, this has been great. It's really great to talk to you again. I really appreciate it. Always, man. We love having you on. Plug your shit, man. Tell them where to find you. Oh, oh, wow! I appreciate that. Listen, <laughs> Wednesday nights, eight o'clock. You can find me on the on the old Twitter Nagels Bagels. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. That would be helpful. Also, Nagels Bagels. But Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock, I go over my lineup, do a little, little preview. You, you've got all the information that you need by then. we got ownership. And I just basically give out my lineup, my lineup construction. Just It's basically an hour of me just talking out loud about how I got to where I got. And I'll occasionally say something funny and insightful and give you something to think about. But don't fucking copy my lineup because that's bullshit. But you won't win if you do anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been. A, I haven't gotten off to a great start. I gotta make some changes. I gotta, forget, I gotta do something. Don't forget yelling at Barry. You do that once a show as well, at least once a show. Oh, that guy. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, listen, you guys know where to find him. He is fucking super entertaining. Um, you think he's fucking nuts with people around? Like, when he's when he has no checks and balances, the Rams can go. It's pretty fucking funny. Steve, you got anything else to, you got anything else to add, bro? No, that's it. We uh, got our prop show tomorrow, and we'll uh, finish completing the uh, betting card. Yep, that's it, man. So you know where to find Steve. Uh, he is Twitterless, so uh, go click on all his articles. Over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, uh, click on the link, join us in the Slack channel. Uh, we like to shoot the shit and uh, throw a bunch of bets around in there and break balls. You know where to find me, Boston underscore Capper. Uh, on Twitter, uh, feel free to yell at me, tell me how much you love me and handsome I am. That's fine too. Uh, and then, uh, don't forget to go follow the, uh, the new golf, uh, gambling podcast. Uh, why can't I fucking figure out how to say Twitter handle? Um, so go do that. Um, and then obviously, uh, uh jump in on that, uh, on that giveaway, man. Get a, t- get a free hoodie and, uh, possibly win a G. So thanks to Jeff again. Go follow him on YouTube and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Let's go break those fucking books.